those kids that made you a father, they can, they can go in the back if they're here today, if they're not already gone. Amen. Aren't you glad that we have a heavenly father that looks after us, that knows exactly what we need? We as his children, he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. We're staying with the word of the Lord today. Book of 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. Start reading in verse 8. The word of the Lord says, It fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where a great well, was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, table, a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and he lay there. And man, I want to preach to you today from this title, The Chamber's Cash. The Chamber's Cash. It's not... C-A-S-H, like we know. But cash, if you ever get have to deal with uh, computer problems, your browser has cash, internet cash. You're, you got to clear your browser cash. Cash basically means a hidden supply, a hidden supply. And so I want to preach today on the chamber's cash. Amen. Turn to a few people, greet them in the name of the Lord today. Man, in our text, we read this account where Elisha visits this city. And the truth is, is that Elisha is young into his ministry. He was out on his own and standing on his two feet. No longer in the shadow of Elijah, the prophet of God that called, was called to do the works of God at that time. Elijah had been caught away a few chapters earlier by a chariot of fire from heaven and was no longer with mankind and no longer was there with Elisha. But before Elijah was taken, he asked Elisha, what, what's one thing that you desire? And Elisha asked for a double portion. Not just your mantle, Elijah, do I want, but I want a double portion of it. And Elijah told Elisha, you ask for a hard thing. You ask for a hard thing, but you will receive it if you see me depart from this place. You will receive what you asked for, and so it was that Elisha saw Elijah get caught up in the chariot of fire, and so thus began Elisha's ministry of many, many miracles. And as the man for the hour, as the ordained man of God in that time period with a double anointing, Elisha started performing miracles. 
And shortly after that, because all because he asked for a hard thing. He asked for the hard thing. I, I know that we use the word miracle often, and, and, and we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. But we have to understand that a miracle is not an easy thing. Sure, it's easy for God. I'm not talking about that part. It's easy for God, but uh, I'm not talking about his part of the miracle. I'm talking about our side of the miracle. Our side of the miracle. A miracle is not an easy thing. In fact, a miracle by its definition really is kind of an impossibility. It's an impossibility. A miracle defies the laws of nature. A miracle defies the laws of physics and the laws of science, and it surpasses all known human powers and natural abilities. A miracle is a hard thing. And if you want a miracle, then your situation has to be one of impossibility. It has to be an impossible situation. If you want a miracle to come into your life, you've got to be found yourself in a hard place and going through a hard time. You've got to be in a place where there's no way out. You're, you've tried every door. You've tried every hallway. you try to go every situation, every direction, and the only way out is for God to perform a miracle in your life. That means you're in the right place for a miracle because a miracle is a hard thing. You've got to be in a situation where the facts are against you, where the enemy is against you, where all the world is against you, where, where science speaks against you, and where doctors say there's no way. That's a place you got to be if you want to see a miracle. And I know it sounds great, but a miracle is a hard thing because we got to be in that situation. I'm here to tell you not to fret or not to fear because you are surrounded by the impossible. All that means is that you are set for the right stage. You are set for the miraculous. When there's no way out, guess what? You're in the right place for God to show up and do something in your life and perform a miracle. Why? Because you're in a hard place. Sister Pauline, thank you for praying for her and continue praying for her. She's still in the hospital, but... Sister Pauline got her miracle. She got it at the hospital because, why? Because she had a severe stroke, they say. She had a stroke, but yet she got a miracle. A miracle is a hard thing. And so when I went to go visit her, I'm walking to her room, and about 10 feet away, I, I'm, I'm coming up to her room, and there she comes, just starts walking out of, uh, walking out of her room. She's got her cell phone in her hand, in her left hand, and her right hand is locked up. It's locked, and she's walking around like this. I'm saying, Sister Pauline, what are you doing out here in the hallway? And she says, uh, I need somebody to help text because I can't. My hand is all locked up. And so she was kind of stunned to see me right as she walked out. There I was trying to walk in. And so I said, I'll, I'll help you out, Sister Pauline. I'll send that text message for you. And, and, and so I helped her out, and she began to tell me how she's been telling the doctors that, yeah, even though my hand is locked up, Jesus is going to heal me. Jesus is going to set me free. Jesus is going to make a way for me. And guess what? Her hand is no longer locked up. She's walking around like this. 
She's believing God. She's telling everybody what Jesus has done for her. Why? She's performed a miracle in her life. She was in a hard place, in a hard situation. And her eye's been restored. Her sight has, has sight has come back in her eye. And she's just telling everybody what Jesus has done for her. I'll tell you why. She was in a hard place. She had to go through a hard time. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're in a hard place, I believe God's going to do a miracle in your life. God's going to pull you out of that situation. He's going to lift you up. Why? Because he needs somebody to be in a hard place so that he can get the glory. So that God can get the glory. It's not about us, but it's about God and his power and his ability. All he needs is a vessel. All he needs is somebody to say, God, if it takes me getting in a hard place, I'll go ahead and go. I'll go to that hard place. I'll, I'll, I'll suffer through a stroke so that you can get the glory. You see, we want the miracle, but are we willing to go through it? Are we willing to go to the hospital? Are we willing to be admitted so that we can start talking about Jesus? I went and saw her on Friday, and, and she's, she's all bad. Her, her hand's all better, and she's, she's trying to learn to write again. She can't write anymore, but she's learning. But her, hands, her hand is fine. And she's saying that uh, people, from all, nurses from all different floors are coming out, checking her out. That's the, the lady that God healed. And she says she's ministering to all kinds of people, all because of what God did in her life, all because of that hard situation, all because of the miracle that God did. And so if you need a miracle, you're in a hard place, and God can bring you out and bring you through it so that he can get the glory. It doesn't matter what the situation is. But if you find yourself in a hard place, you can either get frustrated and, and, and get uh uh, oppressed and depressed and, and get worried about things. and Or you can say, hey, I'm in the right place for God to show up. I'm in the right position for God to do a miracle. And, and so you got to have the right perspective that a miracle is a hard thing. But God is greater than that. God is greater than any situation that we can come up against. And so if you find yourself facing difficulties, facing hardships, facing the impossible, it's not the time to give up. It's not the time to get depressed and let your faith get deflated. You need to realize that you're entering the area where the miraculous can happen in your life. That where the miraculous is birthed in hard times and hard places. You read about the encounters in the Bible where most of the people that God miracle, well, they were crawling on their hands and knees and they were crying out. They were, they were desperate for something. Why? Because they were in a hard place, a hard situation, and then God performs a miracle in their life. But you've got to be in that place where you run out of options, where you don't know where to go, where you've done everything that you can and you cry out to God with the cry of desperation. And then Jesus shows up and performs that miracle in your life. And Sister Pauline's just saying, I don't know what, maybe God just wants me to minister to somebody here. She's reaching, she talked to a nurse who was a backslider, and she's saying, you need to get back to church. You need to get back to church. And here, uh, what if it took uh, a stroke to get that message to that girl? 
Are we, will we be the one to say, God, use me. Use me to reach this world. Use me to reach the lost. Use me to reach the backsliders and perform a miracle in my life. And if we're willing to do it, God will do a miracle and we'll see his glory and his power manifested in us and through us. All God needs is a vessel. And so Elijah, Elisha wasn't satisfied with the status quo. He wasn't content with just the common everyday thing. And Elisha was hungry for more and his faith made him unquenchable. So that is why he asked for the hard thing. He asked for the double portion. And so whatever you have, Elijah, I want it. Plus I want more. I want twice as much of it. Others may be happy with just a touch, but I want more than just a touch. Uh, some may be pleased with the ordinary, but I'm hungry for something more, something stronger, something greater. And so I'm going to ask for the hard thing. I'm going to ask for the double portion. Can I tell you today that God is looking for people that are not afraid to ask for the impossible? He's looking for people that are not afraid to back down from the enemy, that will stand up and declare the word of the Lord. That there, he's looking for people that will be willing to walk through the hard situations. No matter what happens to them, it's all for God's glory. It's all for him because we want to see revival and we want to see the miraculous and we've got to be willing to do the hard thing. There's always, there, there are those that are always satisfied with a mediocre life, simple life, common life, when there's so much more available. Why would we settle for such less when there's so much more available in God? And so the last time that I looked through my window and caught a glimpse of what was going on in this world, it didn't look like it was headed in the right direction. It looked like things were getting worse, and it looked like it was getting out of, uh, getting hard to live a, a godly life in this world. When a Christian nation is not only happy about their sinful ways, but are not afraid to promote the sin. But how dare we promote holiness? And how dare we promote righteousness and godly living? And in fact, the world says, let's remove as much as God as we can. It seems like it's going to be a hard thing to find a real deal sold out apostolic in these last days. But I'm here to tell you today that God has called us for such a time as this. He's called us for this moment. And we are here today in this time and this hour because God needs you in his kingdom. And he needs a vessel to be used uh, to perform a miracle in somebody's life. We're not, a, we, we're not born 500 years ago. We're not born 4,000 years ago. We're born today. This is where God has called us, and this is what he has prepared us for. And so he is looking for a people who are strong, who are not afraid of the devil, who won't back down to adversity, but will stand for truth and stand up for righteousness, that are not ashamed of the gospel, and that won't be afraid to ask for the hard thing. That's who God's looking for. Because with man it may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Elisha wasn't afraid to ask, and God granted it to him. 
And Elisha became the man of God for that hour, walking around, performing miracles, delivering the word of the Lord to a nation that was in need, and it is no different today. We still need people of God who are called, who are chosen, who are set apart to walk around their worlds, their neighborhoods, and declare the word of God to people who are in need and people who are desperate, who are hurting and who are lost and looking for something real. That's who God is looking for today, and he's called each and every one of us uh, because we have the answer, and the answer is Jesus Christ. And so we catch up with Elisha here in our text that fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where it was a great woman. She constrained him to eat bread, and so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. That's pretty simple there. Give, feed a, give a man a meal, he'll, he'll, he'll be back. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. He just passing by because the bread's, the bed's, bread's breaking. And she says, verse 10, Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him a bed there, a table, a stool, a candlestick. And it may, it shall be when he comes to us that he shall turn in thither. It fell on a day that it came thither. He turned into the chamber and he lay there. Now this, this message is really appropriate for Father's Day because here this woman of hospitality starts inviting Elisha to her house for some lunch. And so it happens that every time Elisha passes through, he stops by this home for a nice cooked meal. And it's a no-brainer for a man, ladies. All it takes is one good meal. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. All it takes is one good meal, and the guy will keep showing up. Uh, and so because you're tapping into a man's basic instincts of eating, a man will go out of his way for a good meal, some good food. And, and you see that here with Elisha. That he just happened to need to pass through Shunem again. Again and again and again. Just got to go through there. I can, see, I can see Elisha's servant Gehazi saying, but my Lord, Shunem is like three hours out of the way. It's three hours in the wrong direction of where we need to go. And Elisha says, I just feel a drawing to Shunem again. There's something in Shunem that I need to go. And so it's true, men like to eat, and, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and say it for all, the, for all the men here today. We like to eat, and we don't like to share our meals. Even with the love of our life, I, I love you, but this is my food. And if he hasn't said anything, I can guarantee you he's watching your hand reach over to his plate and counting how many french fries you take. Deep down, he's shaking his head because uh, this thing, uh, I, I'm, not really, uh, I'm not really that hungry. I'll just eat a little bit of your food, eating half of it or more than half of the food that I wanted. And we ordered from the same menu of, of 4,000 items. I'll just eat a few of your fries or maybe we'll just split a meal. Taylor said that Friday night. I said, no. Nope. 
I'm getting what I want, you get what you want. It's my food. Esau, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of lentil soup. He didn't share it. He sold his life away. He's not going to share that food. There's an entire menu there, and so pick something to eat, but don't be picking from my pile of food. So this Shunammite woman says to her husband, hey, babe, uh, I know you've got a lot of things on, t- on your to-do list. I know that I keep asking about all these things and when they're going to get done and why aren't they finished yet and uh, what new things you're starting when these aren't finished. Uh, but how about we build a chamber on our house? We build a chamber for Elisha. And I, I can see this husband now thinking, what, what kind of crazy idea is this? I've got all these projects that I need to do, that need to be completed, and, and now you want me to build an addition onto our home. And, 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 it's, and now, first and foremost, this addition has uh, cut the line and, uh, above all my other projects, and now this one is most important, and this one needs to be done right away, an addition on the house. Not fix the door frame or, or fix the window, but I need you to build an addition onto my house. Uh, and so I can see him now of thinking of all the things that I have, of all the things that I want to do, all the plans I have, and I've got this scheduled, and I want to go here, and I've got a hunt trip or a fishing trip planned, and I want to build a workshop or a man cave or a, a theater room or whatever. I've got all these great ideas and all these plans I want to do. And now this woman says to her husband, let's build a chamber for this man. That means, honey, you build it and I'll decorate it. Let us build this chamber. And so this husband, I'm sure, begrudgingly says, he builds this addition. He builds this chamber for this man of God to come and stay at his house as often as he likes and eat his food as often as he likes. And this husband may not have much of a choice in this matter, but he made the sacrifice and he built the chamber. Not really knowing the long-term effects that this chamber would have on his home, that this chamber would have on his life and his family. Little did he know that a, a chamber has a cash. It, it has a, a, a hidden supply. Something that is not so obvious that is inside this chamber. It has something inside of it that will manifest itself one day. And it came to pass that one of these days when Elisha passed through Shunem again, he stayed in this chamber that was built just for him. Verse 12, it says, And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call the Shunammite, and when he called to her, she stood before him, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? Elisha saying, I've got favor with the king. I've got favor with the captain of the army. Uh, whatever is it you need, you let me know. Because you have blessed me, uh, what is it that you need? I have the, the favor of God in these men's lives, and I can, uh, I can help you out. Uh, and, and she answered, I dwell among mine own people. She's 
He's like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just here to be a blessing. And he said, when then, what then is it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. You see, as great as this woman was, she was still barren. She didn't have any children of her own. And Gehazi pointed that out to Elisha, and, and he said to her, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaiden. I've been barren all my life, and all, all I've wanted was a child. And, and don't, don't say that unless you really mean it. Don't, don't tease me like that. Lord, and, and, and the woman conceived and, and bare a son at that season that Elisha said unto her according to the time of life. So what started out as an addition, what started out as just another project at home turned into something more. This chamber has a cash. This chamber has a hidden supply of something and hidden in this chamber was a source of life. If you will sacrifice, if you will build a chamber, you're going to give birth to something in your life. You're going to give birth to something because you sacrifice for the man of God. You sacrifice for the kingdom of God. If you will build a chamber, you're going to give birth to something in your life because the chamber has a cash. The chamber has a hidden supply. Because it has something hidden uh, inside of it. There's a river of life that will spring forth with the newness of life. You need something new in your life, then you need to build a chamber. You need a miracle in your life, then you need to build a chamber. If you're stuck in your ways and you're spinning in circles and not making much progress, you need to build a chamber. You need to sacrifice and put aside your cares, your wants, your desires, and your plans. And you need to get out your hammer and start pounding away and say, I got to build a chamber. I got to build this addition. I got to make a sacrifice for the kingdom of God. If you don't like the way things are in your life, build a chamber. If you're barren and unfruitful, build a chamber. If you're dried out and dismayed, build a chamber. Because you can get lost and seek in direction, build a chamber. Because there's something that is hidden inside the chamber that will manifest it in your life one day. But you've got to make the sacrifice to say, let's build a chamber. Whatever the cost, let's build a chamber. Whatever, whatever it takes from me, I'm going to build a chamber. And you say, Pastor, I've already built the chamber. I built one years ago. Well, how long has it been since you visited the chamber? Is your chamber full of clutter? Has it been turned into a workshop or a man cave or some other project room? Instead of the place where the man of God can go to seek rest. We can easily make commitments to God out of a sincere desire of our heart to want to do more for Him and, 
and to seek him more and to pray more, to study more, to, to witness more and, and, and to do more for the kingdom. And, and, and we'll build that chamber or we'll, 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 we'll make the, the, the confession that we'll, we'll do that for God with tears and brokenness. But if we're not careful, if we're not watchful, if we're not vigilant in guarding that chamber, we can easily get distracted. We can get drawn away. And the chamber becomes just one of those things that we did at one point in our life. It's there, I built it, but I haven't been in there in a while. Those commitments that I made at the altar one service, have they been buried by other things? Have they been lost as the chamber get filled with clutter and the cares of this life and, and all uh, focus on other things beside what the chamber is supposed to be, a place where you can go and seek refuge and get a hold of God and get in his presence. And this is where I go to seek his face and nothing else. You can easily get buried and covered with other things. Or how about this? Uh, I, I built the chamber and God has blessed me. Now I'm just too busy to go visit it. Now I'm just lost in all the blessings that I, I don't spend time in the chamber like I used to because uh, God just blessed me so much. The chamber has a cache and it is a hidden supply of the miraculous. So why would we want, not want to go and spend as much time in the chamber as possible? If there's the miraculous is waiting in there. So sure enough, the Shunammite woman gives birth to a child, and I'm sure that she's over the moon, and she's, she can't believe it in her older age that she gave birth to a child, and uh, the one thing she wanted her whole life. And as it turns out, that building the chamber was the best decision that she ever made. It was the best decision that her and her husband ever made because her life has been blessed by that chamber's cash. Her life has been blessed by the chamber's hidden supply of the miraculous and the connection to the Spirit of Almighty God. The chamber was the best thing that she ever did. But how easily we can just make a commitment and lay it at the altar and just kind of forget about it. When the, very, the miracle that we're looking for could be birthed right in there. The seed of the miraculous is right there in that commitment. If we take that commitment and, 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 and take it to the next day and keep seeking after God and, and keep believing and, and going forward in God and, and going to the chamber and, and making sure we're spending time in the chamber, that's where the miraculous is and that's where we need to be. Musicians, if you would come. So she finally... Gave birth to a son. But something drastic happened. Verse 18, when the child was grown, fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him, he brought him to his mother. And, and he sat on her knees till noon and then he died. Died in his mother's arms. The one child, the, mirac the miracle child that was birthed from the chamber, died right there on her lap. 
And she went up and she laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. When her child, the one that was birthed from the chamber's cash, had suddenly died, where did this mother take him? She didn't take him to the funeral home. She didn't go ahead and go start burying him. No, she took her child, her dead child. She took him to the chamber. She she placed him in the chamber. She took him to where she knew that he really came from, the miracle that was inside that addition. And she laid him on the bed in there, and, and she went and chased down Elisha and told him about it. And when he came there to the chamber... It is there where the child was lying dead on his bed. There in the chamber is where her child was given life once again. Once again, the miracle manifested itself again in that chamber, all because she understood the power and the authority that's inside the chamber where the man of God goes and prays and and seeks rest and, and refuge from this world. You never know what's, what's hiding in your chamber, but if you go in there, it'll, man, it'll manifest itself in your life one day. The miracle will, will show up in your life, and you'll be blessed because of what's in the chamber. So whatever you feel that you have lost in your life, you need to take it back to the chamber. Whatever you have lost, you need to take it back to the chamber. You feel like you, if you lost your kids to the world, Guess what? You take them back to the chamber. You put their, you, you call out their names in the chamber. You call out your lost family members in the chamber. You take your needs back to the chamber where they were birth, birthed from because that's where uh, the miracle can happen in the chamber. You lost your zeal for God. You need to go back to the chamber. Your commitments have faded. We need to go back to the chamber because the chamber has a cash. The chamber has a hidden supply that can revive and restore and give birth and bring new life. And that's where we need to go back to the chamber. And that's where we need to live and never make sure we forget about is in the chamber. Stand with me today. As amazing as this story is. We could stop here. And this Shunammite woman has already been blessed beyond belief. She was blessed with a miracle baby. And that miracle baby died. It was brought back to life again. All because of that chamber that they built. What God did for her and her husband. All because they said, let's build a chamber. But the story doesn't end there. As time goes on, a famine comes into the land. 2 Kings 8 and 1 captures this. Then Elisha, then spake Elisha to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, go thou in thine household and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. So the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. This woman and her household 
fled to Philistia for those seven years of the famine. Left everything behind. Left that chamber behind. Left her home. Left all that she had because the man of God says, you got to get out of here. I can imagine how hard it must have been to say goodbye to that chamber because it, 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 it changed their life so much. In verse 3, and it came to pass at seven years in that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and her land. We were already told that her husband was old. And this passage, at least to me, seems to indicate that maybe her husband passed. Because she was the one that was pleading for her case before the king. She was pleading, saying, I, I need my house back. I, I have nothing. Obviously, everyone's suffering. There's been a famine for seven years. Everyone has lost everything. And so now she comes back and she alone is pleading before the king of, of her needs. Verse 4, and the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha has done. It came to pass that as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son who he had restored, cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. Can you imagine the coincidence here? You're gone for seven years because of the famine, and the day you come back, the day you come to the king is the exact moment that Elisha's servant is telling the king about Elisha raising a young boy to life. And sure enough, here she comes walking right in and saying, my Lord, I need my house. And, my, and Gehazi says, my Lord, there she is. The one that I'm talking about, right, that miracle. Here she is. What a coincidence that he, she is here. Verse 6, and when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the fruits of the field since the day that she had left the land, even until now. One word from the king, and automatically she has everything back. She has her house back. She's got that chamber back. All because she obeyed the man of God and, and she built him a chamber. And she, even though she disappeared for seven years and lost everything, the chamber's cash manifests itself again. Everything this woman lost was restored by the king because she just happened to go to the king at the exact time that Gehazi was telling about her testimony. Husbands, men of God, God, it, what the part that God instilled in us is the desire and need to provide for our families. And this obviously extends to single parents as well as they have to fill both roles. And I, I can't imagine the struggle. And I, I know that God blesses you for that and gives you the strength to endure that. But so often do people 
get caught up in the chase that they need to build a business and they need to build up that nest egg and they need to build that retirement so that I can provide for my family and provide for me and I can leave my family something. And many times they lose their family. They got the wealth, but they lost their wife and family along the way. Among the pursuit of all this for their family, they lose their family. And in the end, they really don't have much at all. But here we see the opposite. This older couple just decided, let's build a chamber. And look what it did to their lives. Look how it enriched their lives and blessed their lives. And as, as hesitant as his husband probably was, as it turns out, that building this chamber was the best thing that he could have done for his family. The best thing he could have ever done for his family was to build that chamber. Because without that chamber, it would not have a family. They would not have a son. Without that chamber, they would not have had everything restored to them by the king. Men and women, husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, the best thing that you can do for your life, for your family's life, and for your future is to build a chamber. That's the best thing. That should be the first thing on your list is, well, i got to build a chamber for my family. Oh, you're not married yet? You don't have a girlfriend yet? That's okay. You start working on that chamber because you need that chamber for your life, and you're going to need that chamber for your wife, for your family, for your kids, for their retirement, for their future. First and foremost thing you need to do is build a chamber in your life and not just build it, but you need to visit it. You need to frequent it. You need to keep it up, and you need to keep it clean, and keep going back to the chamber every time you have a need, every time you go to the chamber, every time you lose something, I got to go back to the chamber. Every time you got a, a bad news, I'm taking that news to the chamber. Why? Because there's something in miraculous inside that chamber. You take your needs to the chamber because the chamber has a cash. The chamber has a hidden supply of the miraculous. It'll always show up as long as you visit the chamber. As long as you keep the chamber alive and keep it clean and keep it active, that that miraculous working power is always going to flow and manifest itself in your life. Forget about all the, the 401Ks and the retirements and all those things. Yeah, we, those come with the jobs and benefits, and that's great. But those things cannot replace a chamber. Those things cannot replace something that is built with your sweat and your tears and you're crying out to the altar of Almighty God because the chamber is what's going to keep you. The chamber is what's going to keep you and your family. I want to open up these altars today. Those that want to... Seek after God. If you want to come with your families today and say, hey, we got we to gotta, we gotta get back to the chamber. We're going to restore the chamber. We're going to restore our, our devotions and our family time. And we're going to seek time and prayer because the chamber is the most important thing that we can do to our family and our life. Would you come as we come and worship the Lord together? The only name that brings
Come on, what is it that you need from God today? His spirit is here. Anything is possible with God. Come on, we're going to seek God's face. We're going to put him first, God. Forgive me, Lord, for being distracted. For forgetting about what's important in my life, and that is building a chamber for you, Lord. Help me to restore my zeal, my passion, my calling, my anointing. Help me, God, to restore my commitment to you. Build the chamber. That's it. Let's cry out to the Lord. God, help us as a family to build the chamber. To consecrate ourselves. To make the sacrifice. Whatever it takes, Lord. Whatever it takes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's hand will keep you. Keep that chamber. God will keep you. Was not to get distracted, God. Visit that chamber again. Jesus, the only name Take me that back, Lord. Take me back to that chamber.
yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, yeah. I want to clap a little louder than before. And I want to sing a little louder than before. Oh, 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 oh. I want to jump a little higher than before. Come on, say
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't it great living for God? Amen. The world says it's, it's bondage. This is freedom. All right? Amen. It's so great to be able to worship the Lord together. Amen. Thank you all for coming out today. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. We've got uh, some donuts out there uh, for the fathers. And I, I kind of put us in a hard place talking about how we don't share our food. And so all the fathers can get a box. Uh, and, and men. Uh, and so, um, but Shane, Shane's definitely going to earn a box today. So. Yep. Hey. Amen. Excited. Shane and Kristen are expecting. So we're happy for them. And then he doesn't he doesn't have to feel guilty taking a box. So all right, all, all the fathers get a box, and obviously all the men as well, you can grab a box too. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Make sure you build that chamber. Keep that chamber alive.